it's time to expand online. Hi, I'm Jamie Slutsky, and this is the podcast where we break down the tech and strategies that successful hands-on entrepreneurs just like you use to translate their services into online products. There is no fluff. There is no overwhelm. There is no shame. Let's get to it. It's time for you to expand online. Welcome to the Expand Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 197. This is our midway point in the Founder Series. And today I have for you some great insight into the back end of the software tools that we have been discussing. As a reminder, I have Sam Reddy from Musy.live, Michael Grande from Rock Out Loud Live, Rebecca Featherstone from Musicology, and Eric DeGrove from Blink Session Music. All of them have graciously given us so much insight into how their software works to support the online music education community, especially your private lessons. So today's episode is a little bit more on the technical side. I think it's really important to help you understand how software works and how to best take advantage of all the software updates. As you will recall, last week we talked about the features of your software and this week we have two questions that the founders are answering. That's it. The first one is on the software update process. How often do they update the software? What goes into software updates? How does that get delivered to you? And so on and so forth. And the second one relates to how each software is overcoming bandwidth and latency issues that come from being online. Because really, truly, I want you to be able to offer the best lessons to your students that these software solutions are going to help you get there. I chose this set of questions for this week because really all we want is for our software to work. We want it to make us shine. And by peeling back a little bit about how the software works, it's going to help you be super confident that you are going to be super comfortable bringing this software into your studio and introducing it to your students. So let's get started with our questions. My first question for our founders is, how often do you update your software? It sounds like a really basic question, but it's actually a really important thing to consider because like we were talking about last week with the features, we want to make sure that we understand how often the features that are requested get added into the software and kind of the cadence so that you can make sure that you're always staying on what's up and coming and current with the software so that you can take advantage of it in your lessons. You'll hear from Eric, Rebecca, Sam, and then Michael. And then I will be back with a follow-up question. Software updates, you know, one thing that's different about this world of SaaS, we call it SaaS, software as a service, is, you know, we can push updates anytime we want. You know, remember the back in the days you would have the CD-ROMs from Microsoft and then you're like, five CD-ROMs now to insert and it would take an hour. So, you know, I think any software company these days should be updating at least monthly, you know, um, patching, uh, looking for changes. I mean, since we launched our company, there's been more than 80 browser updates that we've had to accommodate. So yeah, we're, we're, we're updating at least weekly. 
uh, to deal with issues? Well, we only just launched now. So um, that's September 1st. And um, we did an update for iOS 15 because that shifted a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to keep on top of updates. So um, we don't really have a, a plan, but I'd say the big feature updates um, we're aiming on quarterly at this point. And um, it usually, the, the large feature ones, like say group rooms, for example, you know, that's a, a two month build. So we have to um, sort of plan that out and map that out and um, and then implement it. But I think anything, um, any updates that are, in between that, they're just more small things, small details that we hear from teachers. Pretty much every Sunday. So we uh, today's obviously Monday. We're doing it, or when we did this, it will be Monday. So we put out. Uh, but every Sunday is when we do our updates. So we try really hard to be consistent with that. Sometimes it's nothing you're going to notice. It might just be back end things or small little cleanup items or bug fixes. But there's very often also major features and new items or UI updates or things like that. Um, so we just try to keep it consistent, but pretty much every Sunday you can expect something. Well, we maintain our servers on a, on a daily basis to make sure it's always patched. Um, as far as the uh, maintenance goes, that's, like I said, maybe weekly. But as far as the updates go, it depends on really what the update is. For example, if we're using something that it's we're going to require a codec update, well, that might take a couple of weeks, and then we have to find out when there's downtime. So we have servers that are geolocated across the world. So we'll have downtime and updates happen in different parts of the world. So, for example, on the East Coast, our downtime might be at 2 a.m., but it's a different downtime, whether it's in Australia or New Zealand or Europe. So our servers are updated based on those timeframes in the middle of the night. So those scripts run every time there's an update, so it doesn't affect anybody's music lesson. I'm sure you can hear it from our founders. They are very passionate about making sure that you have the best software that they can provide to you for your lessons. So my next question for them is asking kind of the elephant in the room, which is, Tell me all the ways that you have attempted and succeeded in overcoming bandwidth issues in order to provide a great environment for the teachers who are on your platform to deliver their lessons. And the reason I put this question right after the software updates question is because they go hand in hand. Nothing that you do online works completely in isolation. You can have the absolute most up-to-date software, but then a lousy internet connection, then you can't even take advantage of all the functionality that is in that software. So I think it's really important to understand how the software and how these companies have taken the limitations of the internet and bandwidth to help you look amazing online. Let's hear their answers. That's a great question. I think everybody knows, and I'm also a tech in my other life, and we always say the best wireless connection is when it's plugged in, because there's really never a best wireless connection. So if you have the ability to plug in an Ethernet cable, that by far is the best practice when you're taking virtual lessons. Because, you know, people use speed tests and they say, well, my speed test shows that I'm 200 up and 300 down or vice versa. And I said, that doesn't really tell you anything. That basically goes from point A to point B to back to point A. And it's not connecting. You need a steady stream when you take virtual music lessons. So what we've done was we've built our platform based around 
the bandwidth. And if the video, or I'm sorry, if the bandwidth starts to depreciate, we reduce the video bandwidth. So we maintain the audio integrity. And I know a lot of people say that they do this on their platforms, but what we do is we went a step further. We actually show you all the statistics when you have a music lesson with Rock Out Loud Live, all of those statistics are right there. And we felt that that was really, really important. Important because when you connect to a student, you don't know if it's your computer or their computer, your laptop, their Wi-Fi, their Ethernet, who knows, right? So with this, just this little piece of information, you can diagnose where the error is in a split second. So you can see their bandwidth. Their bandwidth is a little bit too low. You might say, hey, is mom on a Zoom call or is somebody watching Netflix? And immediately you're able to figure out what that problem is and just solve it. Or if there's a problem with the bandwidth, you'll see that we depreciate on the frame rate. That will reduce and you might see some ghosting and the student and the teacher will see that. You can check the bandwidth to find out exactly where it's happening, teacher side or the student side. And it just does that. And you can see all these numbers fluctuate to the millisecond. And that's what you can see that. I mean, people say that that's what their servers and, and that's what their background platforms are doing. But you can see it in real time with Rock Out Loud Live. And the best part about that, if I can add to that, we actually measure the latency. We are the only music platform that can measure the latency to the millisecond. And the, the way we make that work is you'll see a thing called E to E R T R R22, or I'm sorry, RTT, E2ERTT, which is end to end round trip time. And what that stands for is basically latency for us music teachers and coaches. So we can determine the latency from my computer to your computer to my computer. And we do offer the lowest latency over any other platform. And it's not sort of bragging rights. It's basically it's because we're able to go from peer to peer. We're the only platform that offers peer to peer. And I can say that because we don't offer. My apologies. We don't offer um, recording. That's the one thing that a lot of people have asked. Why doesn't Rock Out Loud provide recording? It's because recording adds what they call is a media server between the teacher and the student. So you connect to the media server and then the media server goes to the student and then the student connects to a media server and then the media server goes to the teacher. Well, the problem is, is you're adding this hop that's going to increase the latency significantly. So from point A to point B is how you connect with Rock Out Loud Live. And if you go back to those statistics and you go to show more, it actually shows you that you're using peer-to-peer -peer networking. And that makes it more secure and reduces the latency significantly. So when you hear of things like the Zoom bombing that took place a year and a half ago, what was happening is, is they didn't know about your room. They Actually, these hackers connected to the media server. They hacked a media server that had thousands of these meetings hosted and they were able to pick and choose who they wanted to go to. So it's a vulnerability in my, in my view, having a media server, adding that recording feature means you have to add a media server. So that's going to increase the latency as well. So that's why we're able to offer such low latency and high quality is we remove that, I guess you could say that, um, that extra point that you have to reach before you get to your student. Essentially, Rock Out Loud Live has removed everything possible between each end of the connection to remove and reduce everything that might impact the real live feeling of a session. Now let's listen to Rebecca. She's got a great kicker right at the start. Yeah. So um, the actual real answer for that is that you cannot fix somebody else's bandwidth. So there's nothing that we can do about that to fix people's internet issues. Um, it's really up to the student to 
be able to, you know, make sure nobody else is online when they're having their lesson if they have like a really low internet package. Um, me, you know, I, ha I have fiber, so I can have more people in my house on devices. Um, but we've definitely made like good technology choices that help provide a good experience when bandwidth is constrained. A number of us at Musicology have personal experience with bandwidth constrained rural internet connections. And this probably helped us make good decisions when building our platform. I love that, don't you? The fact that we cannot eliminate bandwidth or latency issues is something that every software company has to deal with and things get faster and better all the time. Now let's hear from Eric and hear how he and Blink Session Music is tackling this bandwidth issue. At Blink Session Music, like I said, we're about you being successful delivering your lessons. You know, everybody knows, um, like, well, maybe we don't all know, but <laughs> video conferencing was made for having conversations. You know, it wasn't made for instruments. And and so having to tweak things is important. Uh, so at, at Blink Session Music, we uh, we have provided some audio options. So when you log in and you click um, mic microphone, you can add up to three micro uh, audio inputs. So first, you don't have to use a virtual mixer if you have a, a guitar through an audio interface or a keyboard, et cetera. Um, you can change the bit rate yourself. You can decide that and it will save it and be the same when you come back. You can disable the audio processing. So that's gonna tell uh, the system, hey, don't do anything with this audio, right? But even though we've done those things, uh, those things will help you get a little better. One thing we realize is we are not uh, software for a professional recording studio because you know what? People, uh, your students don't have a professional recording studio. They don't have fancy equipment. They have what they have. And so we're, we provide ways to deal with those issues but we don't claim to overcome them. We don't, we don't, we believe in false claims and uh, we believe that we, we want to help you be successful. And what that means is helping you navigate when your student is out in the country or somewhere and doesn't have a good connection. Instead of just saying we've solved that problem, we, we do things like we, I, I just wrote a big article on uh, audio quality and latency and all that. So we, we want to provide those training resources so that you know how to deal with those issues when they come instead of just saying, oh, hey, we've done this. And we, if you just click this one button, it's all of your problems are going to go away because it's just not the reality that we deal with. So the audio options are there and they, they're going to make things better. Uh, but overall, we want you to be successful doing it. Eric's approach has really been to put this in your hands. If you are educated, you're able to educate your community, you're able to educate your students, and by doing so, you are empowering them to make the most out of their lessons. Now, here's Sam, and it cuts right into his response. So last week in our episode, he talked a little bit about his clips feature, which is something that they've recently released into the platform, and he jumps right into how clips helps to alleviate some of these bandwidth issues a big part of what we've done is clips is our sort of one solution to the bandwidth problem because it doesn't have anything to do with bandwidth you just record things during the lesson share them directly to the student student gets to play along with them you also get to keep the recordings for later to practice with uh, the teacher is also building a library of recordings when they're doing that so you can call recordings from previous lessons 
The nice thing about that is it doesn't require any manipulating bandwidth or fancy jiggery. It's just a pretty simple system that allows a consistent performance for you and your students. We've also, of course, done some work to make it so that you can play as you know seamlessly as possible. If you can't play perfectly in time because your Wi-Fi is not great, but um, you will probably still be able to play at like over each other at the same time. So if you're holding down a chord and the student's playing something, the both of those signals will be processed separately. So you'll be able to hear both of them. They're not going to clash and cut each other out. So it does allow for like a full spectrum of audio from all of the devices or instruments that are being you know included in that lesson. Um, so that's something we've done. You know that's manipulating how the audio is processed. And then we do have the audio and video handled separately. So we're able to steal from the video's bandwidth and give it over to the audio channel uh, if, it, if needed. And that way the audio channel is always running at the highest rate it possibly can. Um, and then everything is synchronized so that your video and your audio is gonna come through together, which of course is super important when you're teaching a lesson because if you're going to play something and your audio is off from what you're doing, it's not really helpful for the students. So, um, and that's all internal. There's no settings on Musi. You don't need to turn on music mode or, or audio special or whatever, any of the settings. Um, it's just, it's doing its thing in the background at all time, processing all the different frequencies and everything. So it's just running. I really hope that didn't disappoint you. The software is not going to fix internet bandwidth issues. It never will. But that doesn't mean that you can't still run amazing lessons online. It just means that as you develop a relationship with the software and with your students, that you find the best options, the best solution in order for those lessons to have as little latency as possible and to take advantage of the features like clips inside the software that will allow you to do everything that you need to do inside the lesson to help your students to progress and move toward their goals with your lessons. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes in this series, be sure to scroll back in your podcast app to listen to those now. And remember to pick up the Make Money Teaching Music Online guide that I have for you. It's linked up in the show notes along with callwithjamie.com, which you are welcome to book a call with me at anytime. And of course, my Instagram handle is at Jamie Sletsky. I would love your feedback on this episode, the whole series, anything. I am always up for a good conversation. Have a great day. And I will be back with episode four in this founder series real soon.